gospel you heard read from Mark chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. Dear Christian friends, so what do you have in mind? I guess that can kind of be a dangerous question, right? You might be hoping that the sermon is short. Maybe you are hoping I don't bore you half to death. Maybe you're already thinking about where you're going to go or what you're going to do when church is over. I know that's a dangerous question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What do you have in mind? You see, what we have in mind really affects how we live out our lives as Christians. Your mindset affects how you live every single day and how you plan for your future. So this morning, we're going to hear Jesus tell us what we're supposed to have in mind and what a difference that makes in our lives. Peter had big things in mind. He was there when Jesus turned water into wine. He saw Jesus give sight to the blind and raise people from the dead. Peter knew that Jesus was God himself in the flesh. And in Peter's mind, that meant that Jesus had come to get rid of the Romans and restore Israel to the glory it had in the past under kings like Solomon and David. See, Peter had in mind that Jesus would rule the world from Jerusalem and he would roll right alongside him. So you can imagine Peter's shock when Jesus told them this next part. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the experts in the law, be killed, and after three days rise again. Since this was so different than what Peter had in mind, it's like he forgot who he was talking to. After Jesus said this, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine? Here's Peter looking God in the eye and telling him, God, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not going to die. We're going to rule the world. It was like a tiny little mouse shaking his tiny little fist at a cat that could just wipe it away in an instant with its cloth. Jesus gave Peter a well-needed and well-placed rebuke. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have your mindset on the things of God, but the things of men. So let me ask you again. What do you have in mind? I guess I wouldn't be so quick to answer that question either in view of Jesus' rebuke of Peter. But you know, God knows what we have in mind anyway, so it doesn't do any good to try to hide it from him. So what's your mindset when it comes to your finances? God doesn't only care about what you put in the offering plate. He cares how you spend every single penny he's given you to manage. With the way you spend your money, Show that you have in mind the things of God or the things of men. How excited would you be to put a statement of your spending with all the different categories up in front of the big screen for everyone to judge? Well, God already knows it. What's your mindset when it comes to your kids and grandkids? 
Is your biggest concern that they're in the right activities, that they uh, get good grades so that they can get a good job? Or is your primary concern that they're immersed in God's word and can learn to apply it to their lives? What's your mindset when it comes to your career, advancing in your career? Is it to get more money, more power, more perks? Or is it so that you can be in a better position to have an even greater influence for Christ? Are you of the mind ever that we should loosen up on what we teach in order to get more members? Well, that's what you thought you had in mind, the things of men rather than the things of God. See, we have to admit that far too often we want to do things the sinful way instead of God's way. We deserve a rebuke from God, just like Peter got. And even more than that, we deserve to have God send us straight to hell. <clears throat> have you ever noticed how some products have these ridiculous warning labels on them? This was on a pack of sleeping pills. Warning may make you drowsy. Well, good, I hope so, right? This is on a Domino's pizza box. Caution, content's hot. Well, again, I hope so. That's part of what I pay for, right? This is the best one, though. I found this one in a manual. This is real. In a manual for a microwave oven, it says, do not use for drying pets. <laughs> Makes you wonder what people did in the past, right? Well, when Jesus gives us his warnings, he doesn't do it frivolously or needlessly or just as a, a note in the margin. No, he gives us warnings because he loves us and he wants us to be with him in heaven. He doesn't want us to turn our backs on him and lose out on the wonderful gifts he's won for us. The Bible is full of accounts of people who became so focused on earthly things, they turned their back on God and did the wrong thing. Here's a parable Jesus taught the land of a certain rich man produced very well. He was thinking to himself, what will I do? Because I do not have anywhere to store my crops. He said, this is what I will do. I will pull down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and goods. And I will tell my soul, soul, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This night your soul will be demanded from you. Now who will get what you have prepared? That is how it will be for anyone who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. He found his life in security in money, and he ended up going to hell. During Lent, we're reminded how Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. That wasn't very much. Peter, we heard how he called down curses on himself to denying that he even knew who Jesus was. The political leaders that were in charge and they saw the people going over to Jesus, this is what they said. What are we going to do? Because this man is doing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. They were more worried about losing political power than they were about getting into heaven. See, God had these things written down for you and for me as warnings to us. 
because he doesn't want us to lose out on heaven because of some temporary earthly thing. And if you think it can't happen to you, you're ignoring God. And you're only fooling yourself. Imagine going to a pharmacy to fill a prescription and they tell you, oh, we don't sell drugs. Or imagine going to the tire center to get new tires for your car. They say, oh, we don't sell tires. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Well, that's really, in essence, what Peter wanted. Peter wanted Christianity, but he wanted it without the cross. It's a good thing that Jesus always had in mind the things of God rather than the things of men. Because without that cross, you and I wouldn't have God's forgiveness. And Jesus had you in mind all along, the whole way. Before he even made the world, Jesus had you in mind as he chose you to be his own, to belong to him as his wonderful child. Jesus had you in mind before he made the world we live in. Even though it's been badly wrecked by sin, there's still all these blessings that we see that he showers on us every day. Jesus had you in mind when he took on human flesh and lived the perfect life in your place. And Jesus had you in mind when he carried all your sins to the cross to suffer and die for them. And Jesus had you in mind as he ruled the entire world, all of history and every, everything so that you would come in contact with his word and be brought to saving faith. And you're on his mind every single moment of every single day as he continues to rule the world for your good and your eternal benefit. Because Jesus always has in mind the things of God rather than the things of men. We can remember joyfully that he doesn't judge us based on how obedient we are or based on our performance, but already completely on the work that he's done for us. That's how he judges us. He did the work and he did it perfectly. He saved you by grace through faith. That's a free gift of his love. Those things are the things of God. At the first congregation I served in Duluth, Minnesota, I remember this woman who, it's funny because she's even older then than she does now. She's probably younger than me at the time. But um, I was pretty young, so I got to admit that. She was telling me about how her friend had cancer and was going through chemotherapy, chemotherapy. And a bunch of her friends decided that if this woman loses her hair, we're all going to shave our heads. Well, she never did, but she threatened to do it. Uh, but she said the reason they were doing it was they were going to do it because it showed that they supported her and identified with what she was going through in her struggle. Well, you and I as Christians know that Jesus never told us to shave our heads. But he did say that as we live as his children in this world and we support him and what he wants, we're going to identify with him. And he said, this is what's going to happen. If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. How did people treat Jesus? They nailed him to a cross, let him hang there until he died. You and I are going to be ridiculed for what we believe. People are going to be mad at us because we uh, do what God wants us to do. But we remember that this isn't about us, really. This is about Jesus and his saving work for us and for the others in the world. 
When we have in mind the things of God rather than the things of men, our lives, our plans, our hopes, our dreams are going to be different than the plans and hopes and dreams of the unbelievers around us. In Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul put it this way. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your appropriate worship. Also, do not continue to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you test and approve what is the will of God, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. See, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God is continuing to renew and transform our minds. As God continues through his word to grow our faith, he continues to renew our minds and transform them, transform them to be more and more like the mind of Christ. And the more we grow in faith, the more we see things God's way. And the more we understand that as we live for him in this world, that it seems like we miss out on stuff, we lose stuff because we stuck to Jesus, or, or we're uh, made fun of because we're stuck to Jesus, or we didn't get something because we stuck to Jesus. He reminds us that we don't lose out on anything because he's given us everything, not only for this life, but also for eternity. He says, whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. As the Holy Spirit continues to transform our minds, we'll more clearly see things God's way and how we manage our money and how we raise our kids and grandkids and how we want to excel on the job to give God glory. See, living in God's love and having in mind the things of God rather than the things of men, that really is the most amazing way to live. So let's ask God to continue to help us live in his love, to live with his love in mind and seek to serve him. He guarantees us, no matter what we have to trudge through in this life, living for him, serving him in response to his love, that's something that we'll see that we'll never, ever regret. Amen. Amen. Please stay.